Welcome to this virtual service at Westchester Chapel. Thanks for listening to this message that comes directly from God's Word. To hear more, visit westchesterchapel.org and click on Media. Now grab your Bible as we dig into it together. I want to ask everyone to join me in praying the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. This is our Lord's Prayer, the prayer given by Jesus when his disciples asked him, teach us to pray. Those first disciples of Jesus were Jewish, and they understood that prayer was talking or communicating with God. But they had never seen anyone pray like Jesus. These disciples experienced firsthand the intimacy Jesus had with his heavenly Father. They saw how Jesus depended on his Father and how Jesus would withdraw to spend time alone with his heavenly Father in prayer. They saw Jesus' love for his Father and his passion to do his will. They experienced how the Father answered Jesus' prayers. They saw the miracles, the healings, the freedom he brought to people who were demon-possessed, and they even saw him raise the dead, things that can only be done by God's power. At the tomb of Lazarus, who had been dead for three days, Jesus prayed, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know, I know that you always hear me. This is found in John 11, 42 and 43. Jesus uses the past tense. He is confident that the Father has heard him. And he knew, he knew his Father always hears his prayers. Jesus is confident in his relationship with his Father. And Jesus desires for us also to be in right relationship with God the Father and to be confident when we pray. Indeed, that is why Jesus came. And so Jesus is the perfect teacher or rabbi as the original people called him. Today we will look at part one of our Lord's Prayer. Together, let's look closely, word for word, phrase by phrase, to see what Jesus wants us to know. We ask the Holy Spirit to give us understanding of his word. Kim is going to read tonight for us, and we're in the book of Mark, I'm sorry, Matthew, chapter 6, verse 9 to 10. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be, be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We see in verse 9, Jesus says, pray then like this. Think about this. God himself, the creator of the universe, our creator, 
provided the means for us to communicate with him. And Jesus is teaching here that this is something believers are to do. Pray then like this. And as we said, prayer is talking to God or communicating with God. And this goes two ways. Prayer is not just us talking to God, but also listening to God. I'm asking God in prayer to be still and to listen more and talk less. Next, we see in verse 9 that Jesus starts his prayer by focusing us on God, our Father in heaven. Here, Jesus is teaching that prayer flows out of our relationship with God. The relationship is that of God, our Father, and we as his children. Remember, this prayer is for disciples. Followers of Jesus are considered God's children. And so it is not just one child saying, my father, but our father, acknowledging Jesus the Son and our brothers and sisters in Christ that also follow Jesus. And now we all have the same heavenly father. Jesus uses the word Abba, which means father. Abba is used both in the Greek the language of the New Testament, and the Aramaic, the everyday language spoken by Jesus. Abba was used by Jewish children and adults when addressing their earthly fathers. Abba is a respectful way to address one's father, recognizing the authority, care, and love of a father for his children. Calling God Abba expresses the intimate relationship God the Father has with his people. There are many Old Testament scriptures that show God as father of his people, Israel. And so the Jewish people of that day understood that God was to be seen as a father who loves his children, who meets their needs and always does what is best for them. And in turn, God's children were to show love and respect by submitting to the Father's authority and his word. God's children were to be dependent on God the Father. As children, they were to trust God to provide for their needs. This type of daily intimate prayer and relationship with God as Abba that Jesus was modeling was something rarely practiced by Jews in that day. So what Jesus is teaching Modeling here is something different, something unique, even odd, as Pastor Jim would say, when compared to what the religious leaders and teachers practiced and taught in that day. As for the pagans or the Gentiles at that time, prayer was more of a business deal or a quid pro quo, like we might call it, a favor or an advantage granted or expected in return for something. Sometimes those who prayed would even inflict pain, cutting themselves and offering sacrifices or, gift, or gifts, sometimes even sacrificing a life to gain favor or in an attempt to please or get a desired response from a false god. 
who really is no God at all. So we must check our motives in prayer and be very careful not to pray just to try and get something we want from God or do works to try and gain favors from God. That is why Jesus is teaching, modeling here for all his disciples how to pray rightly. And while this also includes asking God for our needs, Jesus's prayer starts by teaching us to focus first on God as our Father in heaven. Jesus also wants us to know that God is not just our Abba or any Abba, but that he is our Father in heaven, distinguishing our heavenly Father from our earthly fathers. Some of us may have had wonderful and still have wonderful godly fathers, and this might make it easier for us to see God as our Father. Yet, we must still distinguish them from our Father in heaven, who is God and is perfect, who is love and who is all-powerful. And some of us may have had earthly fathers that are not dependable or present for their children. Indeed, the reality is that there are earthly fathers who abandon, abuse, and otherwise neglect their children. And so some fathers, this is very tragic, have been the cause of great pain in the lives of their children. And this experience may make it difficult for some to see God as a father. And if this is the case, we must be careful not to compare and have a wrong view of God as our father based on our earthly relationships. And then there are some of us that may have been orphaned as children and do not really know what it is like to have a father. But our father in heaven is father to the fatherless and all fathers die, but our father in heaven is eternal and is always there for us. So regardless of our earthly circumstances and our relationship with our earthly father, every one of us can call God who is perfect in every way, Abba, Father. And the reason that we can do this is only because of Jesus, God's Son. It says in 1 John 1, 12 to 13, speaking of Jesus, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Only those who truly believe, repent of their sins, and put their trust in Jesus are born again by the Spirit into God's family. In Romans 8, 14 and 15, it also says, For all who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. And so it is only because of Jesus that we are no longer slaves to sin, but we who have received Jesus have the spirit of adoption. 
In other words, we are adopted into the family of God. We must be willing to be led by his spirit so we can approach God as his children. It is from that position as sons and daughters, as children that are totally dependent on their heavenly father, that we can pray with confidence like Jesus, knowing he loves us, provides for our needs, hears and answers our prayers. And so Jesus teaches us when we pray that it starts with God, God our Father in heaven. And we are to focus on him and who he is, knowing the relationship we now have with the Holy God is because of Jesus Christ. And so Jesus continues to teach, hallowed be thy name. This first request or petition in prayer is a praise and it is a worship to God. That is why we praise first and then we pray for our needs so that God's name may be hallowed. We must always be mindful that our Father in heaven is also God the creator who is spirit, the one who dwells in unapproachable light. And so he is to be treated with the highest honor, respect, and reverence. He is the Holy One, set apart above all other gods. There are no other gods before him. The Jews understood this because God had given them his commandments, his words on this. God makes it very clear in his third commandment, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. This is found in Exodus 27. Jews also understood that this meant we were not just to be careful when we talked about God or used the name of God, but hallowing God's name was also about the way we lived. Those who know God are to live differently from those who do not know God. So when we pray, hallowed be your name, we are also praying that we would live rightly so we do not bring disrespect or dishonor to God and his name. In verse 10, we see the next request in this prayer of Jesus. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Again, this is a petition, a request to God, and it is also a praise and a prayer. God's kingdom is the place where God is king, the place where God rules and reigns, the place where there is no rebellion or sin against God, the place where God's will is always done perfectly, like in heaven. And so we pray that God's will would be done on earth in each of our lives as it is in heaven. Jesus is teaching us that we don't pray to get what we want, but we pray in trust and surrender to our Heavenly Father as his children to ask for his will to come to our lives and our earthly circumstances. Knowing this, and living under God's rule and reign makes all the difference, and it is the best for all involved. 
That is why we praise and pray on Wednesdays. Not to twist God's arm so our lives are blessed according to our standards, but so that in all circumstances, in each and every request we pray for, we may bring his kingdom and act according to his will. Now, this answer to prayer may not look like what we think. When asked by some of the Pharisees, when will the kingdom of God come? Jesus answered, God's kingdom is coming, but not in the way that you will be able to see with your eyes. People will say, look, it is here, or there it is, because God's kingdom is within you. That's found in Luke 17, 20, and 21. Like Jesus, the kingdom is in us. Because of Jesus, we have his Holy Spirit in us so we can bring his kingdom. It is awesome to think that the spirit of the living God dwells in us, but we must submit to the will of the Father. As his children, we are to reflect the image of our Father and his only son Jesus in which we were created. To reflect God's image, as Pastor Linda has taught, means we have his spirit in us. The word image actually means likeness or idol in the original language. Pagan gods made by man, I'm sorry, pagan idols made by man, that they call gods, carry the evil spirits of their gods. But God's images or idols are created by God, that is us. And we are meant to carry the spirit of God. And with his spirit in us, we can hallow his name through right living, as taught and modeled by Jesus, who lived by the word and the spirit. Jesus is the living word. Jesus is the Messiah or the anointed one, the one full of the spirit. The Jewish audience understood from scripture that there was a time when the Messiah this anointed one, the one full of God's Holy Spirit, would come and bring God's kingdom and his will to earth. In fact, that is what the Jews and all Jesus' disciples at the time were waiting for. And indeed, we also wait for the fulfillment of that time when God's kingdom will be fully manifested on earth. And at that time, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and of those under the earth. And every tongue should, shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's found in Philippians 2.10. This is our joy and our comfort and our hope as Pastor Linda preached last Sunday. But what Jesus' disciples were seeing did not look like this to them. And so they did not fully understand that God's kingdom was already there, present through Jesus. As Pastor Linda has also taught, taught us, the kingdom is coming and the kingdom is here. But Jesus declared, the kingdom, and Jesus declared, the kingdom of God is in your midst, Luke 17, 21. Jesus himself, the Messiah, was there in their midst, and Jesus was bringing 
the reign of God to earth. But they did not fully see or understand this at the time because they were seeing with their natural eyes and minds. Maybe because their expectations were for Jesus to come and fix all their earthly problems immediately. Maybe they thought if Jesus would just get rid of all those Romans that oppressed them and let the Jews rule, they would be better off and not have any more worries. Do you ever wish Jesus to do that to one of, of your earthly enemies? Maybe then, without these enemies, we could have some peace and control over our lives. Maybe then we could be happy, safe, and the world would be perfect. But Jesus knows that even if he did all those things, there would have still been a sin problem. And we are not to rule, but we are to allow God's kingdom, God's rule and reign. And so Jesus prays for the will of the Father so that his word, his purposes would be fulfilled. And so Jesus came the first time to die for our salvation according to the will of the Father, to deal with our sin problem so God's kingdom could come. In Isaiah 53, it says, Surely he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows, Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. This suffering of Jesus was not what his disciples expected for Messiah or wanted for Jesus. I imagine if I was there at the time Jesus walked on earth and I was one of his disciples then, I might say like Peter, I don't want you to die, Jesus. This will never happen to you. And Jesus would have to say to me, like he said to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. For Jesus knows the will of the Father. Jesus knows that his death and suffering was necessary for us to be forgiven of our sins. And we who receive Jesus know that we were dead in sin and have been raised to new life. The miracle of new life happens in us because Jesus prayed and submitted to the will of his Father and brought God's kingdom God's ruling reigned to earth as in heaven. And Jesus did this throughout his ministry, through his miracles, his healings, his prayers. Jesus taught us what it looks like to be completely submitted to God's will, God's rule and reign, even through his suffering and death. So if we want to know what the kingdom of God looks like and how to proclaim it, we just need to look at Jesus, follow his example. Jesus did everything according to the will of the Father. This prayer he models for us is not a meaningless attempt to get results, the results we want. Jesus shows us that prayer is about our relationship and our attitude toward the one we pray. Prayer is a form of worship. When we focus on God, and surrender to his will, and know who God is as his children, we 
pray and worship God. As we continue in this study in the next two sessions, we will see that Jesus teaches and models how we are to pray for our needs and intercede for others. And we will study that prayer is about spiritual warfare, the battle against our fleshly desires and the enemy. Why do we pray about these things? All for the purpose of advancing or bringing God's kingdom, his rule and reign to earth as in heaven. And so this pattern is designed to help us pray according to God's will, according to God's heart or desire, according to his will, regardless of what that looks like. Going back to the verses in Romans 8 on the spirit of adoption, it says in verse 16 and 17, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer. I repeat that, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. None of us likes to suffer and none of us likes to die. But Jesus said we must die or deny ourselves to follow him. We know this and we have been taught this by our pastors that we must die to ourselves and live for Christ. But maybe like the disciples, we might be focused on some future event we want. And indeed, we are to pray for God's kingdom to come in its fullness. And we pray, come Lord Jesus. But sometimes we're in a holding pattern. I will do all God wants me to do when I'm in a better position, when I'm feeling better, or when I have the job or the relationship or the healing or the finances I need to achieve my goals. Then I'll be in a better position to be content. Then I'll be happy to do his will. Then I can serve, give, and do all the things God wills. But God wants you to bring his kingdom to earth now. In the waiting, in the difficult circumstances, when things are not looking like we expect, we are still to reflect the image of our Heavenly Father. God wants His will to be done now in your life now. As His children, God wants us to be like Him now. For us today, Jesus is saying, will you surrender, submit to my will? When you pray, will you give up what you want, the results you expect, so that my will can be done on earth? I, I prayed about an example to use that was practical for us to see this. And I saw this in Donna, an example of this. While in the hospital, Donna had COVID and was having difficulty breathing, yet she was able to not focus on herself and see that the nurse who was there to help her was in need of help herself. This nurse saw something in Donna that made her comfortable to share that she had her religion, but she wanted something more. And Donna knew she needed Jesus. She needed to come to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. 
And so instead of focusing on herself, her breathing problem, Donna was led by the Spirit and focused on praying and bringing this one to Jesus. In this, Donna showed a heart of love. She reflected our Heavenly Father and she surrendered to the will of our Heavenly Father. And her desire was to see his kingdom come and his will be done. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you, Lord. We thank you that you send your son Jesus to die for us, for the forgiveness of our sins, to suffer and die so that we can receive forgiveness of our sins, Lord, so that we can have his resurrected life in us, Lord, so that we can be adopted into your family and be part of your family and call you Abba Father, Lord. Lord, we recognize who you are, Lord, that you are in heaven, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, for your salvation for us, Lord. And we ask, Lord, we ask that your name would be hallowed, Lord, that we would uh, live in a way that hallows your name, that other people can see that we honor and that we love you, Lord. And Lord, we ask that your kingdom come and your will be done. There is so much on earth, so much evil that we see, Lord. But we ask, Lord, that we would participate with you in bringing your kingdom, that people would know you, Lord, who to know is life eternal, that people would come to know you, Lord, and come to also call you Father, Abba Father, Lord, and come to also know your will for their lives and, and, and come to be in right relationship with you, Lord. And so we thank you, Lord, for this prayer and this time that we have, Lord, to, to, to learn about this prayer that you have given us, Lord. And we, we ask, Lord, that you would continue to be with us as we praise and pray, that we would remember as we pray that your, we want your will to be done so that your kingdom can come to earth as it is in heaven, so that people and come to know you and come to salvation. And so we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. After hearing the message today, if you'd like to start a relationship with Jesus or rededicate your life to him, why not do it now? Pray with me right where you are. Lord Jesus, I turn from going my own way and I choose to follow you. Forgive me for my sins. I thank you for dying on the cross to cover them and rising again from the dead. I choose now to live for you and I receive your life into mine. Amen. If you prayed with us, get in touch through our contact page at westchesterchapel.org. There you can find more information on how to grow in your faith and where we meet. We'd love to have you join us.